0: Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's word.
1: So
2: I think all of us need God to move in some area or behalf of our life. I will tell you the number one prayer request every single week is that God won't you save my unsaved loved ones. It is God's plan, God's will, and he has made provision for your unsaved loved ones to come to him. Proverbs 21.1, I'll give you a promise from God's word this morning. Proverbs 21, one says he holds the heart of the king. You couldn't put queen in there. Holds the heart of the king, and he turns it like a watercourse. God's plan is to turn the hearts of even the hardest-hearted person. They might not know they're a king or a queen, but He'll turn their heart, and they'll receive Jesus, and they'll walk into being supernaturally royal. Made washed and cleansed by the blood. Come on, somebody say amen. You write down names that you're believing for. You could do that. If you need provision, you need a job. You need increase. You need wisdom. I don't know what you have need of this morning, but I do know that there's a God who's defeated hell, death, and the grave, who loves you and will make a way out of no way. He'll bring streams in the desert. He makes a wilderness a pool. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a strong tower. He's a sun and shield. He's God and there is no other beside Him. He's alone is wonderful and worthy to be praised, to be glorified and lifted high. He said, if I draw, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. Come on, God's gonna do it. Ushers, would you come? Go ahead, take a moment as we continue to worship. You can send that in electronically through our app or through the website. Or if you want to use pen and paper, you can do that too. We're so glad you're here. Let's continue to worship God as we do. the first Sunday of every month we take communion. There are times that we take communion aside from that as the Lord leads us, but we're going to receive communion this morning. And so ushers, if you would come, please, we're going to continue to worship God. It's an open communion. What do you mean by that? That means anybody can receive communion that wants to. There is a uh, warning label, if I could say it that way, on receiving communion and someone said, Pastor, you need to say that warning label before you pass it out because like, that's really intense. Okay, in, in 1 Corinthians 11, the Apostle Paul said to the church in Corinth, said so you've not discerned the Lord's body. You don't know what you're, don't, don't pass out communion yet, boys, we wanna make sure. All right, Amen. I'm putting the warning label on it right now. He said that many of you have fallen asleep. Now, fall asleep for a Christian is die. So many of you have died early and have diseases. You can go and read it, 1 Corinthians 11, and have diseases because you've not discerned the Lord's body. What does that mean? That means that when they take communion, when they come together to receive the the Lord's supper, you're saying you don't really know what you're doing and you're drinking judgment on yourself. Now, if you receive communion in an unworthy way, see, this is where you might wanna just let it go by. You're drinking judgment. That's New Testament. I'm not talking Old Testament. I'm talking the New Testament. Well, I want to receive it in a worthy way. I'm so glad. Here's how you do that. You acknowledge that Jesus has died on a cross and rose again from the grave. You acknowledge that it's by his stripes. You're healed by the 39 lashes on his back. You're healed. You acknowledge that his death, his substitutionary death, his blood was shed for your sin and of course for mine and for the sin of the world and for sickness and disease. And so when communion comes, now it's grape juice, okay? We do that so that we don't exclude former alcoholics. And it's a cracker. It's not the actual body and blood. That's transubstantiation, which Catholics believe that, but that's not in Scripture. Otherwise you would be crucifying Jesus every Sunday morning when you take communion. Okay. If you know you're going to go back to your bed of sin, gonna go back to the, the things that you know are wrong, and you're just like taking the juice and cracker like it's a snack, it's a bad idea. Okay, that's the warning label. You said, what if I have sin in my life? Well, repent. What if I think I might go back? Ask him to help you and try to fight it. Hello? Hello? All right. Warning label has now been applied And you're going to receive it in a worthy way, which is to to acknowledge that His death, His resurrection is a means of salvation, healing, and deliverance for you. And you're going to repent. Once everybody is served, we'll pray and, and drink and eat all together. Ushers, go right ahead. Jesus is a good time to get right with him right now. Come on, examine your life. but I'm sure that would be a problem. How many of you glad to be saved? Glad? Come on, are you glad for what God has done? On the night that Jesus was betrayed, He took the bread and He broke it, and in the same manner, He took the cup and He blessed it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you, and my blood, which is shed for you. And as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So God, before your throne right now, we remember that you made a way. We remember, Lord, that you are the Passover lamb slain before the beginnings of the foundations of the earth. And as you passed over the firstborn and the plague there in Egypt, so you pass over us as we've confessed our sins to you. You're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, Lord, we just repent for wrong thoughts, attitudes, motives. If you have not received Jesus, do it now. Do it right now. Give your heart to him. There is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. Give your heart to Christ right now. Lord, forgive us. Wash us. Cleanse us. We receive you. We remember what you've done. You made a way. You healed us. You provided for us. You took away our sin. And you made us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Come on, just talk to Jesus right now. Ushers, please, would you come and serve my guest up front? Thank you so much. Come on. Just talk to him. Come on, talk to him. Receive in a worthy manner. Lord, forgive us. Wash us, cleanse us. We declare the finished work, and we declare your eminent and very soon return where you're going to roll up time like a scroll you're going to split the eastern sky you're going to come and bring us home to glory we thank you we celebrate your finished work we declare it we receive your healing we receive your forgiveness and your soon return in jesus name amen let's eat and drink together The crackling sound you hear is the sound of the plastic cups being broken. It is not doctrine or anything that you have to smash a plastic cup, but it is a declaration that the curse is broken. We started it a long time ago. Feel free to crush it or not to. I I don't, except for this morning I'm going to. Amen. God's good. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You can pass the shards to the uh, ushers that are coming by we want to take time to pray for a moment come on let's lift our voice and pray for each other you know before we do that we're going to pray for our president we have a, a slide of him in the oval office national day of prayer has just gone by and today has been marked by many leaders across the land to take special time in our service to pray for president donald trump I don't know if you're a Republican, a Democrat, Independent, what side of the aisle or if you know that there is one. Because of the office of presidency, we honor that office. And as we've prayed for previous presidents, we're going to pray for this one in a very special way. Come on, lift your voice. We're going to pray Psalm 91 over him. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. A hedge of protection round about him, wall of thorns, a hedge of fire. Lord, that you would hide him in the shadows. Of your wings that no pestilence will will come we rebuke every assignment or plan of the enemy to try to bring assassination or sickness or disease or confusion we pray a blessing over him and over this great country we pray that you would give him wisdom that he would be led supernaturally by you as the 45th president of the united states of america your hand would be upon him to lead this nation into unprecedented victory, even into revival. Touch him, his wife, his children. Bless the United States and bless Donald J. Trump, the president of the United States of America. We thank you for his life. We bless him and pray the blood of Jesus over him and that you would receive your full inheritance from his life and the redemptive plan you have for our nation in this hour of history. Can you say amen? Take someone by the right and the left. Pastor Karen, let's pray for these prayer requests.
3: Amen. All right, let's lift our voices before the Lord. Lord, we love you. and We thank you for your goodness, and we thank you that we can come boldly before your throne to find grace and help in a time of need. And so we come today, and according to your word, which said that we can pray believing for anything and believing that we've received it and you would do it to give glory to the father in heaven so lord we just lift them up and we thank you god that you're performing and perfecting everything that concerns us you're saving our family members you're healing people of infirmity and disease even in this place this morning and god you're bringing in a great harvest of souls lord through us through all the churches in the valley that love you and god we just ask that you would move in great power And we love you and we bless you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen.
2: We're so glad you're here. Welcome to the 11 o'clock service. Take two minutes. Say hi to somebody. We're so glad you're here.
0: Well, good morning, church. If you could make your way back to your seats. We love to greet and we love to talk, but let's make our way back to your seats today. My name is Minister David. I get the honor and privilege of leading our junior hires and our high schoolers here at Kings, Alaska. So excited what God is doing here in our church. If it's your first time here today, we'd love to greet you and just say hello to you. Make sure you stop by our connect us and fill out one of our information cards so that we could give you a special gift just for showing up today. But we have a special way of just telling you that we are so thankful that you're here we're going to give you a great big god bless you on the count of three ready church one two three god bless you and welcome to kings alaska we're so excited to have you here but we have so many great things going on here this week at our church we have jonathan evangelist jonathan Shuttlesworth here all week come on you're going to want to bring your friends you want to going to want to bring your family members you're going to want to bring your friends down your neighbors from down the road you're going to want them to come and experience god's power and might through 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 evangelist shuttlesworth so he'll be here all day today in our 11 o'clock our one o'clock and our 6 p.m tonight and then monday through friday everybody say monday through friday he will be here with us at our 12 p.m service and our 7 p.m. service. So you're not gonna wanna miss that. We also have Discover Track. If you'd like to know who we are and what we believe as part of KC Worldwide, you're gonna wanna get in part of our Discover Track. They meet the first four Sundays of every month at 1015 up in the Fireside Room. You can venture out of there, out of the first service and come back for 11 o'clock or the one o'clock, but please don't miss your Discover Track If you're new here to our church. Also, we have our summer kickoff. Who's ready for summer? Are we all happy that the the snow has finally left us for the next three months? Hallelujah. We we are a church that loves to do things through the summer. We have life groups and teams that you want to be a part of. So please pick up a summer seasonal guide outside today as we kick off our summer season we also have youth camps and summer camps coming up there's so much going on in our church in the in these months of summer last but not least if you'd like to be a part of our worship team we have our worship discover worship classes on june 1st and 15th of the month you're going to want to stop by the Connect Us and make sure you sign up for that. If you'd like to be a part of the worship team or sound video lights, please, please, please get involved in our Discover Worship. You won't want to miss it. You're going to be blessed and we're going to be blessed as God allows us to sing our praises and give praises through our works. And everybody said, Amen. Awesome. Pastor Daniel.
2: Amen. Wonderful. Thank you, Minister David. Uh, Let me bring your attention to this just to emphasize it. The King's Guide, how many of you remember the the TV Guide years ago, a defiled publication that would come out and uh, tell you what's on TV? Now, we don't have TV guides too much. Maybe it is still out there, but most of us have remote controls, except for you holy ones probably don't have those. But remote controls, it has a little button on it called Guide, and you press that, and it pops up, and then you can choose you know what you watch this is uh, the king's guide and it is a uh, a guide to tell you all the different all the different life groups teams and how to engage in the life of the church you can take one of these home it'll also be on our app if you haven't downloaded our app you want to go ahead and do that and uh, be involved in all the different things that are taking place amen we're going to go ahead and receive our tithes and our daily seed our daily seed is our building offering so many of you are accustomed to giving that this morning we are going to be receiving a special offering our guest is going to do that for us towards the end of the service but we'll go ahead and receive our tithes uh, right now if you'd come if you want to give your building offering your daily seed you can do that how many have been driving by our building and praying for it all right good awesome praise God me too it's moving forward. They're finishing up the roof, putting the roof on. We've had uh, numerous challenges. I had, I had somebody, some ill-informed person. How many of you know there's a lot of stories out there? I had somebody say, oh, I heard it's all jacked up. And it's all jacked up. And, it all, yeah, I think maybe you're jacked up. But anyway... We had, a not, we had a problem with our fire, uh, fire inspection and safety and it held us up for uh, a little bit and that's all or in the process of being worked out. There's no major problems. Gosh, if you listen to everything you read on Facebook and all 11 people arguing with themselves. I'm just, I'm just like done. I'm, is there anybody else that's just done? I'm like done, stick a fork in it. I got bet, more fish to fry, giants to kill. Come on, with a head that big, you can't miss, said David in his heart towards Goliath. you got to think differently. Think differently. What a powerful time we had this morning as our guest preached. And no two messages are the same with uh, Evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. He's so blessed to have him here. He's here all week. You don't want to miss that. We'll be preaching this morning here in just a few minutes. And then tonight, uh, 1 o'clock this afternoon, and then tonight at 6, Monday. Everybody say Monday. Monday at 12 noon as you come and have your lunch right here and he'll be preaching 12 to 1 and Then every night this week every day 12 noon to 1 and then at night 7 o'clock whenever revival all week Yeah, amen. So turn off your Netflix. Amen. You can watch it later Come plug in get changed some of you might want to fast and pray and believe for breakthrough in your life I'm gonna tell you it is going to be an amazing week of breakthrough for those who respond rightly and just position your heart man this could be the week that everything changes that the transformation and the breakthrough that you're believing you need miracles so all kinds of miracles will break out miracles of healing miracles of deliverance don't don't you miss it amen all right ushers would you come uh victory sunday we're we are doing today and next week next week's pentecost sunday so we'll be receiving a special offering towards our building this this morning here at the conclusion of our service and also next weekend so you, you can pray and believe God to do something great for the kingdom Amen You ready? Yeah. Pastor Karen's ready Is there anybody else ready? Very good, let's pray Father, thank you so much for the privilege of being your sons and daughters because of what you've done for us you've redeemed us the reasonable thing that we should do considering your death your resurrection and how you've done all that you've done the reasonable act of service is to be a living sacrifice not just return the 10 percent as some legalistic method of obedience but our heart is an issue of the heart so we return the 10 percent, we return the time to you and and give perhaps an offering and thank you for the windows of heaven that open even now I thank you for the blessing of Abraham would come upon us and your people. Every business, every teacher, every home maker and engineer. God, pour out your spirit in tremendous release of the blessing of God. That it would be evident to all who are connected to us. What's going on with you? It's the blessing of God. Lord, we don't apologize for it. We celebrate it we glorify you and declare that you are the source of our blessing, the source of our provision. You're the source of life and with you we receive life and life to the full. Now bless your people and multiply us. Say it, I am blessed and say, I will multiply. Say, we are blessed and we will multiply. Multiply. In Jesus' name, amen. Blessed to be a blessing. Go ahead, usher. your voice.
1: Here, here here now. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus you change everything. Yes. Come on with all that's within oh, you. Declare it. Holy Ghost. Now. Come and have your way. And Jesus you change come on.
2: wonderful friend evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth
3: well lift both hands to the Lord before you're seated as we kick off this great week of meetings father we do thank you on this day that we've consecrated for prayer we thank you as we're watching the wheels fall off of Pharaoh's chariots thank you that everything that's been planted in this nation for the destruction Of the United States both within and from without I thank you that it's being destroyed today and I thank you that your hand is on this nation and on the people of this nation thank you as we see the beginnings of revival sweeping through this country that you're not finished with America yet we thank you our confession is America shall be saved from New York City to Wasilla Alaska from Maui Hawaii down to Laredo Texas shake this entire nation shake everything that's of the devil out and open the windows of heaven and pour out your blessing upon us again we thank you for it and give you praise in Jesus mighty name everybody said a living amen, amen. give the Lord another great hand clap and you can be seated praise the Lord once if you have your Bible to open it with me to Genesis chapter 12 Genesis, the 12th chapter. Genesis 12, verse 1. The Bible says, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. I will make you great. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Let me read that one more time. Genesis 12:1 to 3. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you, and I will make you great. I will bless you. I will make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord instructed. Skip down to chapter 13, verse 2. So it's like less than a chapter after God said that. And Abram was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. And Abram was not rich, very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. Turn to Genesis 17. Genesis 17.1. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life, and I will make a covenant with you. Say that word with me because it will help get it in your head. Say covenant. I will make a covenant with you, and the only reason I'm bringing that up is because uh, if you haven't gone to church for that long, you'll probably be ahead of people who have been to church for a long time when it comes to this stuff. Because they've taught for a long time that the Bible's a book of promises. When I was growing up in church, I said, this is a Bible's a, a book of promises. Every promise in the book is mine. But the Bible's not a book of promises. God is a covenant God. A promise would be, I'm going to pay for your college tuition. I didn't give you anything. I just said, I'm going to do it. A covenant, or the way the Bible is, it's always, if you will, then I will. And so if I said something like, "If I have three acres of property outside of Wasilla. If you come by and mow my grass once every 10 days, from the time you're 14 till you graduate, I'll pay for your college tuition. Then if you do your part, then, then I, I told you I'd do something. And the Bible says if a man says it, then a man could lie. Five years could go by, my business went bankrupt, and I have to just tell you sorry. But the Bible says in Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Has he ever spoken something and not performed it? Has he ever said something and not carried it through? And so if a man promises you something, things can go, you know, you might have felt good if the guy that owned um, Evron or some bankrupt company, he was the CEO and he told you he was going to pay for college, but then five years go by and the economy tanks, he's finished. But God can't be bankrupted. God can't lie. There's no forces. You're never going to have the Lord appear to somebody. You're never going to read anywhere in the Bible where the Lord appeared and said, Now listen, Moses, I know I told you to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go and that I was going to help you, but things have gone uh, unexpectedly up in heaven and I don't have as much power as I used to. No. When God says something, he carries it through because nothing can alter his ability to carry through his word. Can you say amen? amen? So basically... The only, boy, what a strong amen. I always forget the difference between 9 a.m. people and 11 p- a.m. people, and it's good to be back with my family. Amen. I never was a morning person, and probably never will be. Let me hear one more 11 o'clock amen. 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 Good to be with people that are alive. So, so the, the way people get tripped up, and it's not people's fault, because a lot of times preachers accommodate it. You know, how many of you know things might not be working out, but just wait on God, and as if God's some slowpoke bozo up in heaven that doesn't know what he's doing. Well, you know, I'm going I mean, you to know. Paul late in the midnight hour. Yeah, it happened late in the midnight hour because they got arrested just before midnight. They weren't they weren't in jail. For, they weren't in jail for 14 hours, and then God came through at midnight. God is not slow. The Bible says in Second Peter chapter three, God is not slow concerning his promise to return, as some people think. But I, I even just like the first part. God is not slow. We don't serve a dumb God. We don't serve a deaf and blind God that's carved out of stone. We serve an all-wise, all-powerful, quick-acting God. If you're thankful for that, can you say amen? Amen. And so for some reason, people always pawn everything back on God. I don't know why the Lord's wait. Even with the revival, like you heard me praying, you know, well, I don't know. Lord, send revival. We just ask you. As if God's up in heaven holding the show up. We're all ready for revival, but it's Him, you know, for some reason just not doing what He said. No. God is ready when you're ready. I said, God is ready when you're ready. God's not slow. Say that out. Say, my God's not slow. Yeah, but God's not slow. He's quick, He's powerful. His word is quick and powerful. And so, you know. If you don't understand covenant, then this book, and you just see this as promises. Well, the Lord said he's a healer, and I don't know why I'm sick, but I'm just waiting on him to heal me. And you'll keep waiting, and nothing will change because things are provoked by taking action on what God said to do. Like take the example I just said. Let's take healing. What does the Bible say to do if you're sick? Just keep trusting God? No. It says, are any among you sick? They should, the sick person should, call on the elders of the church, have them anointed with oil, and and their prayer offered in faith. will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up, and any sins they've committed will be forgiven them. That's James chapter 5, and you can read the whole thing in context, verses 13 uh, to 20 at the end of the chapter. So if you're sick, God gave you something to do in the covenant that will provoke the healing. And then you're going to start finding all through the Bible That any situation you're faced with, God gives you something to do that provokes what he said would happen. Look with Abram. He said, now, Abram, I'm going to bless you. And so you just keep waiting and I'll come through. No. Abram, go to the land that I will show you. And then when you go, I will bless you. I will make you great. I will multiply your seed. I will make you famous and you will be a blessing to all nations. So what's the next thing say? So Abram departed just as the Lord had said. That's the difference. That's where you separate the men from the boys. You can claim Abraham's blessings are mine all you want. But Jesus said, if you do the works that Abraham did, then you are his seed. That's how you prove it. And one thing you're going to see with Abram, any time Abraham got an instruction from God, it always reads next and immediately, Abram, circumcise yourself. And the next morning, him and all the men circumcised themselves. There no, there's no, listen, I'm going to have to talk to Sarah because this sounds great. Nothing. Anytime God spoke to Abram, and then later his name changed to Abraham, he always did what the Lord told him to do. And that's where you get the disconnect in America. I know America. Me is an American. I grew here, up here my whole life. I know what American church is like. American church is... Yes, God said a bunch of stuff. It's up to him. It's in his time. Keep waiting on God. And we his times, that's not in the Bible. I don't know how that got messed up in the West. But take all the American lenses off and the Western lens and read it. You know, it's like they say if you start preaching on blessing, like, like, These verses talk about blessing. Basically, all the verses talk about blessings if you're obedient. Curses for disobedience, blessings for obedience. And so when you start talking about that, they'll even call that an American gospel. Abraham was not from Washington, D.C. Abraham wasn't from Brooklyn. Isaac wasn't from Detroit. Jacob wasn't from Los Angeles. This thing did not start in America. This thing started in the Middle East, where it's all going to end, where it's all starting to, to swarm right now. It's not something that works in one country and doesn't work in another country. The Bible says that Jesus is the lamb that was slain for every tongue, every tribe, every nation, and every race. You look even here, you look across, you got every skin shade from heart of Africa black to Scottish pale white and everything in between. Why? Because anytime you preach the word of God, it goes out like a whistle and gathers all the people of the earth because God is the God of of all men who will put their faith in him. If you're thankful for that, put those hands together and give that God a great shout of praise. Hallelujah. So everybody say covenant. Now when you read it that way, then it changes it because it's not I wait on God. It's that if I will engage what God told me to do, then it's... As soon as I do what he said, it commits his hand to do what he said on on my behalf, and then it takes all the mystery, and the more ethereal and superstitious you make the Bible, the less of the benefit you'll ever see. That's why there's people, they they, they don't enjoy any of the blessings that are in here. And say, well, you know, my body might be sick, but the Bible says I'm healed, amen. And they're still saying that 30 years later. That's not how it's supposed to be. I said, that's not how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to, you read with Abraham. He wasn't just telling people that things are going to get better and I saw God and I know it might. No, from the chapter that he hooked up with God, everything started to go up. And boy, does the world hate that message. They will be happy for you to be a preacher, to pr- talk about heaven. And to, but if you start telling people that you can live by this book, and walk a different path than the rest of the world walks. Then they get upset. They don't like you telling people there's a reward for holiness and a punishment for wickedness. Because the whole system of America has been set up basically to force the righteous to use their blessing to pay for the penalty of the wicked. Thanks for six amens and three grunts. It's none of your business what I do in my bedroom. That's right, it's not. And I shouldn't have to pay for anything that comes as a part of it either. But you have to finance abortion. You have to finance every wicked thing instead of dealing with the root of sin. So the last thing the government wants is for a preacher to tell people that sin is at the root of problem. And if you'll live for God with all your heart, there is a blessing that will come to your family. I'm going to tell you right now. And I'm going to tell you another thing. The reason there's an icy cool even when you talk like that in church is because people go to church on average in in this country 1.9 times a month. And they go to public school on average and get educated by people that are not teaching math and science. They hate God, hate the family, hate the Bible. And so people put their kids there and they hear that 40 and 50 hours a week vilifying the wealthy. Why should that man have a yacht while other people don't even have any money? What does his boat have? That's a sin called covetousness. People are allowed to earn money and spend it on whatever the heck they want to spend it on. That guy should sell his yacht. If he sells his yacht, does everybody get a job? How dumb can you get and still breathe? And you're going to hear, listen, you're going to hear the same train of thought from now till Jesus comes about the building of this new church. How can they... Why is the church building a building that big when there's poor people in the street? If you don't build a church, those poor people will be there. If you build a little church, they'll be there. Jesus said, the poor you will have with you always. And the cure for poverty and hardship. What, do the government, what does the government have the gall to talk about solving the problems of the poor? If you put the government in charge of the Sahara Desert, there would be a shortage of sand in five years. (laughs) Billions of dollars come through government hands, and nobody gets any help. Uh, You want to know something? There was record low voter turnout in Philadelphia in this last presidential election. You want to know why it was? Me. I did three open-air crusades in Philadelphia. And once God started touching people and healing people, and you started to have uh, this old lady came up that had a big swollen stomach with cancer, and I went up to preach the one night, and I hear this voice, like only a black lady from Philadelphia could sound, like. preacher. I thought either somebody has a testimony or I'm I'm gonna die. I looked over that lady; is waving her hand, preacher, on the field. I came over. I said, Yeah, look at my stomach. Oh, the cancer's gone. She starts hugging me. I said, say, well, come tell the people, like Brother Schembach used to. She comes up and tells, I mean, you know, did better than me. I had cancer, they couldn't. And it goes, the whole crowd's going. People get saved. We had Muslim women taking their burqas and pulling it off during the meeting. And then, and then we gave out 2,000 boxes of food for free. Good food. Not like a damaged canister of Pringles from 1992. <laughs> like food I, food I would feed my family. Gave it to them. You know what the people said one after another? We've never had anybody do this before. And then you start finding out. You would think if a kid like me went to go into the inner city of Philadelphia with two 18 wheelers full of food and $30,000 of bill pays, you would think the government would open the door. They do everything in their power to shut you out. Do you know what? But we went through anyway. And you know what? It, why they try to shut you out? It exposes that the thing is a scam, that the money never gets to the poor. So I told him, I said, How many of you said this week that you've never had anybody give you food like that the whole time you lived in Philadelphia? I said, who's in charge here? What political party? The Democrats. And by the way, I don't like the Republicans either. So I'm just saying, in Philadelphia, the Democrats have been in charge for 52 unbroken years. They said, the Democrats. I said, are you better off than your father was? No. Was your father better off than your grandfather? No. I said, then please, I'm not telling you who to vote for. But don't go out and vote the same people in. And if the only people that are running, like in Philadelphia, are Democrats, don't vote. Well, 2016, we don't understand it. They had no voter turnout in Philadelphia because you were able to show them that the thing is a scam. You know, the Bible says, when that woman went to break her alabaster box and pour it on the feet of Jesus, that Judas said that could have been sold and the money given to the poor. Next verse not that he cared for the poor for he often stole from it himself to spend on himself and I'm going to tell you every time you hear some demonized person point at that church they never pointed a casino they never pointed at a triple x theater they never pointed at a psychic shop but any time There's only one group in this country that it's still okay to vilify and discriminate against. It's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I came to Wasilla with news for the devil. You can't shame us into silence. We're just getting warmed up. Jesus said, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If you're a part of that church, let the devil hear you today. Put those hands together and give Jesus a mighty shout of praise. Enough's enough. There's only one kind of people that can't have jets. Preachers. What does a preacher need a jet for? To fly. When something comes out that's better than a jet, I'll have that too. I might buy two. One just to fly around CNN headquarters at 500 feet so they can't do the news anymore. You never hear, you never hear the news say, why does a pornographer need a jet? Why does Playboy need a jet? Why does the Red Cross need a jet? Is it illegal for a nonprofit to have a jet? If so, then the Red Cross better turn all theirs in. How come everybody, a hip-hop star, can have two Rolexes on each wrist? But then when the church starts to go forward in the area of wealth and be the head and not the tail, then every devil has to come out of the woodwork and what do they need that for? I'm going to tell you what we need it for. You're not going to solve the problems of the poor. That's why they didn't just come with 2,000 boxes of food. They'll eat that food and they'll be gone in two weeks and they'll still be under what the Bible calls a curse. Curses are real. And the blessing is real. And the blessing is the only thing that can erase the curse. People have lost sight of that. In the church, we went on a missions trip. Where'd you go? Guatemala. How many people got saved? Oh, we didn't, we didn't do that. We, um, we put a roof on people's homes and we painted people's homes. You are not a missions team. You're a traveling construction crew. Sorry to hurt your feelings. It's not missions. Jesus didn't say, go you into all the world and give water to the thirsty, though we do that. I fed a 1,000 kids this morning, so if, and I told you all that. I'm not saying this, that you don't do that. But you can go to hell with a full belly or an empty belly. Well, we go in, under the bridge in Fort Worth, Texas. A lot of the um, heroin addicts, you know, are the barefoot, and we give them socks. All right, great, they'll go to hell with socks on. Go put socks on a heroin addict. They're still bound by the devil. The Bible says about the poor, when Jesus was doing his ministry, John the Baptist started to get over into unbelief. He was the one that prophesied that Jesus was the Messiah. Now he's in, in jail. And he sends his disciples to say, hey, are you the Messiah or should we look for another? Jesus didn't answer yes or no. He said, go back and tell your master the things that you've seen today. The blind see. The deaf hear, the crippled walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the poor are having the gospel preached to them. The command is preach the gospel to the poor. You don't deal with the branches of a diseased tree. It needs the root fixed until something changes on the inside of people. Nothing will ever change on the outside, but when Jesus changes the inside, oh, what a glorious change comes on the outside. I'm not saying this to try to like work up a crowd, but I mean, if you could have gone back to the eighties or nineties, whenever it was, and saw a crack addict in New York named Daniel Bracken and saw him doing whatever he was doing in the street. Nobody would have had enough faith to say that man will one day go to Wasilla, Alaska and build something for God that affects thousands of families. But in him, while he was bound by crack, was a destiny from God that somebody had to get unlocked. And listen, I want to tell every one of you, I want to tell every one of you, However, you think you are, I'm a recovering. You're not a recover. If you're saved, you're recovered. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old life is dead. Behold, all things become new. You're not just saved to say, well, true, I made it. No. Now you get hooked up with the Holy Ghost, get into the blessing of God, and God will use your life like an anointed wrecking ball. To make the devil. Do you want to know how many meetings they've had in hell? Where Satan called somebody in, the demon of crack. How come you didn't kill him? You had him. Do you know how much trouble he's causing? You are, you are dismissed. And it's, that's how it's supposed to be for every person in this room. The testimony is not just I got saved. It's that then I got anointed, and for the rest of eternity, the devil will rue the day. He didn't kill you when he had the chance. There is something on the inside of you that God put there. It's not in golden retrievers. It's not in humpback whales. It's not in owls. Man was created in the image of God, and in his likeness created he them. And he told them, I give you dominion. Now be fruitful and multiply. Then man hooked up with the devil. Romans 6.16, whoever you obey becomes your master. When Adam and Eve chose to obey the devil, he became the master over mankind. But God sent his own son in a human body to pay the penalty for our sin that all who call on his name don't just have a spot reserved in heaven, but they're free from the curse, restored to their original relationship with God. And let me me just tell you, and I hope because they've put me on before, rightwingwatch.org, CNN, I hope they're all watching and I hope you can hear me. There is a blessing in 2019 to live in this wicked world but say I will not bow to Baal. I will not kiss his face. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're not all walking the same path, my friend. We all live on planet earth. But the Bible says there's two paths. There is a broad highway for the many that choose the easy way. But the road that leads to heaven is straight and narrow. You walk it now. You make up your mind to guard your ears, guard your eyes, guard your heart, and to keep thy way pure. Then the part they didn't tell you, growing up in holiness church, you better do it or you go to hell. That's not what God said. You will go to hell if you sin. But God didn't say serve me so you don't go to hell. He said if you serve me, Abram, I will bless you and I will make you great. I mean it's like everything that was put on you in life starts to fall off. When God called me to preach, I had a severe speech impediment had to miss recess to get speech therapy, fell off. You hook up with God, man. All of the things that were in your family, they can't hang with you anymore because you hook up with God and he sets you on high above all the nations of the world. It's a fact. I'm going to tell you, I don't know why people feel like they have to apologize for it. Put a preacher on TV. Why do you live in a nice house? Because all the money that people put in slot machines and Adderall dealers and all that, I don't do it. I've never had to pay a lady 110000 so she doesn't tell my wife that I slept with her. I've never had to hire a DUI attorney. Do you know how much money you save just living holy? I drive by, I, I haven't seen them here, but I drive by those billboards like in Miami and stuff. Do you need a DUI attorney? No. i just say right along. No, I don't. Thank you, Lord. There's ten grand, 10,000 for the fine the attorney takes. Well, I don't have to do any of that. I'm blessed. I walk another path. Hallelujah. God won't let anything walk that path with you that doesn't belong on that path. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. You don't have to live like everybody. God didn't make you like everybody else. He made you in his image. And then he gave you an instruction book called the Bible that tells you how to live in a way that produces blessing and then gives you a basket to, to contain the blessing. I heard about a guy, because I know, you know, I live in the world, actually. I don't like just hang around some preacher bubble. This guy was such a, a gambling addict that he won like 40 grand. You know what he did with the money? He put it in a bag, walked out to the ocean outside of Atlantic City, and threw it in the ocean. You know why I did it? Because every time he won money, that compulsive gambling thing, you know, get a hooker, get a hotel room, gamble more, he would win 40 and end up losing 110. The money in the hand, something that could bless a Christian, if you give it to someone that's under a curse, it'll actually compound the curse. So remember that when you listen to Bernie Sanders talk about how we need to even everything out. Now listen to me, it's demonic. Never seen a man that looks like he combs his hair with a balloon. <laughs> Let me tell you something. And I would love to sit down with any of these people and hear what their answer is to this. Anybody with a brain knows if you sucked with some magic vacuum all of our money all over the earth into one pot. Divided it by 7.3 billion and gave everybody an equal share. There would be people that would be broke within 48 hours. And there'd be other people within 90 days would be up into billions again doing what they did originally. You don't mind where you are now. Mind where you're going. Mind the steps that you're taking. Because if you do what God said. God didn't come to Abram and say, Abram, you know you're 70 years old and you're still living in your dad's house need to get your act together. He said, Abram, go do what I tell you to do. And if you do, I will make you great. God's not insecure. Well, Abram's getting a lot of fame down there. It's really bothering me. People, you know, he doesn't have any self-esteem problems. He's the most high. And he said, if you do what I tell you to do, you can step up on the platform with me. Just give me all the glory. Can you say amen? Amen. Anybody ever hear Dr. Billy Graham? I mean, there are things, as much as they want to mock the Bible in public school and on TV, there's just physical things you can see that still testify to the reality of the Bible. Billy Graham dies. They open up a thing to view his body that's only reserved for for presidents. They make an exception. For him, he was the second one, and the one before him was Rosa Parks, another Christian. They put his body in in a hearse drive it down Billy Graham Parkway in North Carolina with lines of people on either side cheering like it's a marathon runner. A country giving a salute to a dairy farmer's son from North Carolina that made up his mind he was going to give himself. Holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy He goes out on top. They put him in interment. They televise on every station, even the stations that hate preachers had to put him on and cover the funeral. The president does the eulogy. God knows how to honor you. Don't ever let any devil lie to you that to enjoy this life, you have, well, if you want to go to church, you won't, enjoy, you won't have any fun, you won't have any money, you won't have any friends, one day you'll go to heaven. I'm not sure that person's going to heaven. Looked like they were baptized in pickle juice. You know, I've had friends leave me. No wonder. I've been listening to you talk for three minutes. I feel like leaving you. The anointing does not repel good things. The anointing attracts good things. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I'm trying my best, man, to entice you to give your life to God. I don't mean, I'm going to start going to church. That ain't it. I mean, serve with all your heart, all your soul, your mental capacity. Meditate on my word day and day and all your physical strength. Give everything you have to the Lord. God is not looking for who to use. He's looking for who to bless. You'll never find one place in the Bible. Trust me, I read it. You won't find one place where God ever came to somebody and said, hey, uh, you did what I asked you to do and I just wanted to say thank you. God never said thank you. That one person in the Bible, he would just appear and say, now I will bless you. I will make you great. I will bless your children and your children's children. I'll multiply that seed. I'm gonna tell everybody in here that grew up in a crap home, Bad father, no father, mother that still hasn't got life figured out to this day. That doesn't have to be repeated another generation. It actually only takes one person in a family to draw a line and say enough is enough from this day forward. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And what a change. It's not putting socks on your feet. It's an internal change. Like Jesus told Nicodemus at night. You must be born again. Like that old preacher was at George Whitefield. Preached it over a thousand times. A sermon called Ye Must Be Born Again. And one time the newspaper asked him. Why have you preached Ye Must Be Born Again over a thousand times? He said because Ye Must Be Born Again. (laughs) However, Jesus... However, Jesus explained being born again. Hallelujah. Man, I feel good. Super good. Hallelujah. When I used to feel like this when I was like 10, I would get a spanking before the end of the day, but now I'm too old. You can only arrest me. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord. I mean, man, you just start talking about him. It starts bubbling up on the inside of you. Let them continually say, let them rejoice and be glad, and let them say, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever do you know what forever means forever means he has not cut out in 2019 you could be in some church today with some preacher with high blood pressure that's taking it out on the crowd can't believe how wicked this world is. I can't believe. Yeah, there is a lot of wickedness in this world. There is a lot of problems in this world. But the people that are the problem are not the one that set their alarm for 845 to be in church at 11 o'clock and then lifted up their hands to God and sang. I'm not talking to a room full of demons. I'm talking to people that the devil did everything in his power to destroy your life and something kicked up in you that said, I shall not be defeated. I will not give up and quit. He who began A good work in me shall bring it to completion. Yeah. If I was preaching to the CNN executive team, I'd have a different message. If I was preaching at the United Nations today, I'd have another message about what happens if you jerk with Israel. But I'm not talking to the problem. I'm talking to men and women that are redeemed. Redeemed that are filled with God's fire and that God is going to use you to come out of this room and destroy every planting of the wicked in Jesus' mighty name. That's you. You're not like everybody else. And you're not going to live like everybody else. You're not going to go like other people go. You are blessed. I said you are blessed. You'll have light in darkness. You will eat in plenty. Hallelujah, your seed shall be mighty on the earth. Praise God. you, know, you seem real excited about the blessing. Like pe- people actually would rather be beat over the head. That's why you're going to have a big ministry that way. People you, you lie, you steal, you cheat. You know, maybe you used to. I don't think you do. I bet I'm around those kind of people. You don't look like them. Mighty used to, but that ain't you anymore. God never spoke to people about their past. Abram, you're 70 years old. You remember when you were 58? No. God always, you know what the Bible says? The Holy Ghost speaks about things to come. Abram, go to the land I show you. Then you read further. Why did Abram have to leave his family? His dad, Terah, was an idol maker. Idol worshiper. So there comes a point where you're going to have to make up your mind whether you're going to do what your family approves of Or whether you're gonna go all in. Why are you giving all that money to that church? I don't think you need to do that. Yeah. Well, if I wanted a saggy Tweety Bird tattoo on my neck and a two pack a day cigarette habit and no money, I'd listen to you. But I'm gonna go higher. I'm gonna tell you today you're not gonna stop where your family has stopped. You're gonna go higher. I said you're gonna go higher. In every battle that you've had to know growing up, your children will never have to fight one of those battles. Because when you make up your mind to serve God with all your heart, you actually start clearing out enemies permanently. David never stopped fighting. From the time Samuel poured oil over his head till the time he went to heaven, it was just nonstop fighting. But you know what the Bible says about his son Solomon? But Solomon enjoyed peace. Throughout his entire life. Do you know why? Because his dad so kicked the rear of every enemy that it gave him PTSD for another 60 years. (laughs) They said, we're not going near them. Do you know you can do that in the spirit? You can clear out alcoholism. You can clear out depression. You can clear out every foul thing. That the devil wants to go another generation. And while the world's losing its mind out there, you can live in peace and joy and righteousness and all of the good things that God has for you. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not just telling you 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 can do it. This ain't a Holiday Inn Express motivational seminar. I'm telling you, even if you want to have a bad rest of the year, it ain't happening. You've sat here too long. You'd have had to leave 20 minutes ago because the word of God is working mightily on the inside of you. God's not finished with you. Your best days are not behind you. Your best days are yet to come. If you receive that with me, take 30 more good seconds. Clap your hands on ye people and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. 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 ha le lu Yeah. Those four words will get you a long way. Hallelujah. If you're from Jamaica, you can do a hard J. Hallelujah. The gospel is transforming power. I just put this on Instagram because I just got it myself. From India, when I woke up this morning, J.D., love you, homie. I just received a testimony from Limitless TV. That's the station we're on in India. A lady's child, 10 years old, was diagnosed with cancer and given up to die and got healed instantly as she was watching one of your programs on television. They didn't have enough money for medical treatment. They're just local village people, you know, not not the band from the 70s. They're, they're bush people from India. you imagine I'm telling you? Your daughter's full of cancer. You can't even afford pain medication. You just got to listen to her yell. Then they made the mistake of putting me on. I'll scream that right out of you. Um, you don't have to die. This is not a religion that you cling to to get you through hard times. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power. That's what the poor need. Can't get any poorer than that. These Americans preach that. Try preaching it overseas. I already did, genius, and it works. Yeah. Started overseas. Stupid. It didn't have enough money for treatment. Local village folks, she was sobbing over the phone and we were sobbing with her. What a wonderful God. He's alive. And he said, if you serve me, I'll make you great. How the heck did I even get on television in India? When that angel came and called me to preach, I lived in Pittsburgh. I didn't even know where India was. Didn't have enough money for lunch, let alone the TV. God is a good God. Nobody follows God at a loss. The harder you pursue Him, the harder His blessings pursue you. You can't go down. Serve with the Lord. As Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I know Jonathan preaches that, but they told us if we do that, then they're going to throw us in a fiery furnace. Tell them to try. See what happens. Even the martyrs that died by getting roasted were like, the one guy was laughing when they lit him up, and he, his last words, he yelled out from the flames, you can flip me over, this side's done. Laughing. Supernatural joy. You don't have to be on nine medications to get through the day. You don't and I'm not mocking it. I'm talking to America that eats 85% of it. I know you do. I'm telling you, God will deliver you. God will turn your greatest weakness into a strength where people won't even be able to tell if that's the same person. You say, Man, that's hard to believe. I know, it's called unbelief. That's why we're doing seven days of meetings. Because the way, the way you destroy unbelief, faith cometh by hearing, by the word of God. Let me finish the scripture. I am El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life and I'll make a covenant with you. Everybody say covenant. I'll guarantee to you. Do you mind if I prayed for you? I would love you to pray for me. Okay. Lift both hands, close both eyes. Power of God's all over you. Whatever the devil meant to destroy you that you came through, you'll come through stronger and keep getting stronger. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you don't like that, I can recommend 100 churches in the area. (laughs) Genesis 17. At this, Abram fell down on the ground. Then God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You got to wrap up because, you know, I was thinking with all the people that are here this morning, now the second service, then there's a third service. You guys need a new building. (laughs) Why does the church need a a, a building that big? Because there's too many people. One day that one will be too small. Amen. If they're getting mad about that one, wait till it's the youth chapel. Get mad. you not. I, I will no longer call you Abram. Instead, you'll be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations and kings will be among them. And I'll confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And I will give you the entire land of Canaan. If you study it in the Bible, anytime God made a covenant with somebody, he turned land over to them. Where you now live as a foreigner to you and to your descendants. It will be their possession forever and I will be their God. Verse 9. Then God said to Abram, Abraham, your responsibility. Everybody say my responsibility. That's what they don't preach in America. It's just a God and we don't know why and we're waiting on him. I'll tell you what I'll do. But your responsibility is what? To obey the terms of the covenant. You and all your descendants after you have this continual responsibility. Well, that's the Old Testament. You and all your descendants have this continual responsibility, and this is the covenant that you and your descendants must keep. Each male among you must be circumcised. You must cut off the flesh of your foreskin as a sign of the covenant between me and you. From generation to generation, every male child. And for the sake of time, let's just stick with the first part. Obey The terms of the covenant. The one term that we're going to do at the end of this, because people think you take an offering to build a building. The building just tells you what's going to get built with the money. But an offering and a tithe, if you'll see it as part of the term of the covenant, where a man's treasure is, there his heart will be also. If you skip back a couple chapters, Abram won a huge battle, and before he paid any of the men, he gave a tenth, which is a tithe a tenth to Melchizedek. And Melchizedek pronounced a blessing over him. Giving does not support the church. If the church needed supported, all of our arms are too scrawny. Jesus is the head of the church. The church was doing fine for 2,000 years before you came on the scene. It'll be doing fine after you leave. God doesn't ask you to give because he needs help building something. He asks you to give to honor him and two, it's proof that you're not saying my own hand made this happen. I am showing you that it's you that made this happen. We're going to receive an offering. This one ain't for me, my friend. Those oh, preachers, they want you to give to them. I, I hope somebody will outgive me. And I'm saying this as an example like David did when he built the temple. I brought a checkup for $10,000. I'm going to put it in the offering after uh, 1 p.m. And I don't get a cut of this. So this, if you think it's ulterior, if you don't think I believe what I'm preaching, then I'm really stupid. I mean, that's a scam. No scam artist scams themselves. Amazing how giving to the liquor store is not a scam. given to the lottery and kino is not a scam. given to the casino is not a scam. But the church, that's a scam. The one thing that will actually open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so great. You know, i explain it like this. If you read Jonah's story, when he was out of the will of God, the wind was blowing the wrong way. When he got in the will of God, the wind was blowing, uh, when they got in the will of God, the wind that was blowing against Jonah caused the sea to cave in on all the enemies of the Israel. You can live life two ways. You can have the wind at your front. Everything's hard. Nothing ever works out. I'm telling you, there's no use even getting a job. Government takes it all anyway. Yeah, talk like that, because the wind's in their face. When those people talk like that, they're actually right. For them, everything they're saying is true. Then they think people like me are nuts, because you sound like you're on another planet. Well, it must be easy for him. Go check two generations back in the Shuttlesworth family and see how easy it was when nobody was serving the Lord. Nobody had money. Nobody had teeth. That's not a joke. West Virginia coal miners, every stereotype, True. No teeth, no money, fighting, bickering. Nobody had any time for church or God. I believe there's a God, I'm sure. But... And then my grandfather got saved and came into covenant. And I have actually enjoyed a very easy life, as you could probably tell from my face, because of my grandfather getting the ball rolling, my father keeping it going. My dad Tiff's with the red hair has been here who followed the covenant. Teach your children, train your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. My dad did a good job. If I even thought about sinning, I'd pee my leg. (laughs) And the blessing kept rolling. And it kept rolling. You might not have had a grandfather like that. You might not have had a father like that. But that doesn't have to be something your children also have to say. They can say, I thank God for my dad. He came from a rotten family, but he decided to serve the Lord. Everybody has a house they have to leave, like Abraham had, where they have a half hearted commitment to God or no heart, no commitment to God, and make up their mind I'm gonna do it like the Bible says. And you can't escape giving. I wish I could get people to understand. Even preachers think the offering is like a side thing. I've heard them say, can't wait till the day this church has 10 million in the bank. We don't even have to take offerings anymore. Offering is not dues. Right. Offering is not a necessary evil. Where a man's treasure is, they're his. And what did God say in the book of Proverbs? My son, give me your heart. I ordered my daughter a pizza from a place called Anthony's where I live in Pittsburgh. I went by to have one slice and she said, don't touch my pizza. (laughs) Harsh thoughts started to flow through my body. (laughs) I turned into Malachi. I said, your pizza? Who bought you that pizza? And I think she realized she messed up. Oh, you can have a piece. Could I not order myself my own pizza? Of course I could. What was the slap in the face? That I was hungry and needed pizza and she wouldn't give me any, so now I have to go hungry? No. The fact that I created you, I'm feeding you, and I asked for one slice and you say, Don't touch my pizza, it make me happy. And basically, that's what offering time is. I'll live in your house. I'll talk and say nice things to you, but don't touch my pizza. Blind blind to the fact that not only is the money in the... They want 10%. 10% of my money doesn't belong to God. All of my money belongs to God. And he asked for 10%. You want to know what else belongs to God? Want to know what else belongs to God? The air in these lungs. You want to know what else God gave me besides the money? The brain that I used to calculate how much I'm gonna give and the hand I used to write the check. You want one piece? Have the whole box. And God said, if you give it to me, I won't say thank you for honoring me. See if I won't make a pizzeria supernaturally appear in your home. If you give me my piece, there'll be a guy named Luigi from Brooklyn just throwing up dough. It's a stupid analogy because Brooklyn's all Chinese now anyway. But See if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that's so great. The only problem you'll have for the rest of your life is having enough room to put it all in. Try it and let me prove it to you. I'm going to tell you, anytime God builds a house of note in his kingdom, like the one you're going to have in Wasilla, that you won't be able to miss. I like the fact that the biggest structure in Wasilla is not going to be a mosque. It should be a place that worships the living God. And that thing will get built with or without me, with or without Pastor Daniel, with or without you. But God puts an opportunity out to see who's interested in advancing his kingdom. And if you seek first the advancement of my kingdom, all the other things that other people are out there dying to get, I'll just drop them in your lap. And I see people smiling, so I think I got the point across. Don't see it as giving to build. Pastor Daniel needs you. Need. Father, you gave me the pizza. And then you pick how many slices you want to give them back. 10000 is a good slice. It's not one slice for me. Not yet. But one day it will be. Give at your level. That's why we don't say, we believe today, eight people are going to give $1,000. If I'd have done that in Finland when a guy gave a million dollars, I'd have been out $992,000. People shoot low. There's people that would clean themselves out if they gave 70 bucks today, and it'll be an offering that's very acceptable to God. Then there's people like me, if you gave $70, the Lord would say, what's that? That's half a pepperoni. I asked for a piece. And then you can do, what's the offering? Which is you asked for a piece, and I'm going to add in a few more. To tell you, I love you. So, this doesn't happen every day. You don't like me and what I'm speaking? Good news. Me will be gone on Saturday. (laughs) But what if you actually took one day of your life, like today, and told your wife, your wife tell you, you by yourself, I'm going to make a move today financially of honor to the kingdom of God. And do it in faith. Not, well, I don't know how I'm it, but here's, No. Father, I give this to you, to tell you I love you, and I thank you that you said if I do, see if you won't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that's so great. I receive it by faith now in Jesus' name. I'm just going to tell you, try doing that and watch what happens. Because in this wicked hour, the eyes of the Lord more than ever before look over the whole earth looking for one who says, I live in this country, but I'm not of this country. I am looking towards a city whose builder and maker is God. And what did God tell Abram? He didn't say, Abram, don't write this down. This is a private deal between me and you. He said, this blessing will be a continual covenant to you and to your seed. So what do you say? Boy, I wish I was Jewish. Uh Uh-uh. The Bible says in Galatians 3.13 that Christ, in verse 14... That the blessing of Abraham would come upon all who believe. That the true seed of Abraham are those who put their faith in Christ Jesus. Gentiles graft into the tree. But if you want what Abraham had, you have to do the works that Abraham did. Let me just tell you one more thing before they, they collect the offering. You know, you hear people, and it's like if, if people preach too long on, about money, kind of like I just did. They feel the need to like say something to temper it. Now, I'm not saying money's important. I wouldn't care if I, I actually do care. You know, it's very nice when the Lord starts to prosper you like he did. I was telling my wife the week, uh, a couple days before I left to go here. I said, if you look where we were when I was 30 and where I am now at 38, it's insane. It is insane to have a car that hadn't been registered in two years because I couldn't afford to get it fixed. And I still catch myself to this day checking my rearview mirror for police at, at the red light. That's a fact. To now, like to just give you one example, to hear that an older preacher in his 60s needs to have a surgery, and I know he—I know that's, that's going to mess him up financially. He still needs to preach. He's not a multimillionaire. To call him up and say, I'm going to give you all, my money this month that I give for tithes and offerings, I'm going to give it to your ministry. Just stay home and recover and take it easy. And then ask the Lord, let, it, let more come in than ever. Send 20000 I think 22,000 on the 15th, and then on the 30th, send another, what, 18,000. And he'll say, thank you. I will bless you and make you a blessing. Do you know how fun it is to never pray about your own needs, to just say, Father, who would you like me to help? I actually, that 10,000 I needed to unload. 8,000 was a tithe, and then I put another two on just to make it an even number. And then, and then when I'm getting ready to come here, I just feel like, you know what, they're building that building. I don't want to be some chump evangelist. you know. Best of luck with the building, Pastor Daniel. We'll be praying for you. <laughs> I, I want to do something. I want to prove that my love is real. I want to prove that I actually, I'm not just saying nice things to get invited back. That I actually care. That if they never had me preach another time, I want to see this thing built. I want there to be demonized people driving down that highway looking at that big cross grinding their teeth to the gums. Every time they drive by it they manifest. They're just talking. So anyway I think the Yankees are I want it. I don't want to ask hey how's it going? When's it going to get done? I don't want to I want the Lord to use whatever I have in my pizza money to push his kingdom. But then you'll turn behind you and you'll have your own pizzeria. That's how it works. Nobody ever puts God first and finishes at a deficit. Ask the Lord what represents your best. And when they receive this offering, give your best to the Lord. They're gonna put the instructions up. If you're given by credit card or stolen credit card, you can use those. So I'm going to have you fill it out, and then I'm going to have you make a confession with me, a confession of faith, before you drop your seed. So you can give by text. There's a bunch of digital ways to give. But give something, something of value. And I'll say this, give something of value or don't give it all. They'll say, okay, if this guy's going to shut up, let me just reach in my purse and find a wrinkled Abraham Lincoln and a wrinkled George Washington, the two most abused presidents by the church. <laughs> find something that represents your best. Where you could literally, like if you were giving it literally to God, you could say, this has my heart attached to it. I'll give you like one minute. Then we'll stand up and say something to our God. Then, 6 p.m. tonight, we'll go into revival meetings. But this is important. Why do they need a church that big for? You need a roof, you need seats. That's why. How come church has to answer every question that a baseball team never... Atlanta has built three baseball stadiums in the last like 30 years and nobody goes to the games. They never have Say, what do they need a new stadium for? I'm sick of it. I'm sick of of the attitude against the church. I don't feel any need to tell them I'm sorry. Build a huge church, like a 100,000 seater. Like even the bears are angry. Stand on your feet, everybody. If you gave by phone, hold your phone up to the Lord. If you have your envelope, hold your envelope up to the Lord. And I want you, don't don't repeat it like this is a Lutheran recital. Say it from your heart. If you're with your wife, you can both hold it together. Say this from your heart to the Lord. Say, Father, with this seed, I honor you. I acknowledge that every good thing has come from your hand. I return this to you because I care about your house. I care about souls. And because I believe your word. I have an expectation. I thank you in advance for the windows of heaven coming open, pouring me out a blessing that's so great I'll never have enough room to take it all in. Thank you that Abraham's blessings are mine. They belong to my children and my children's children. I receive them now in Jesus' name. Now lift your other hand up next to it and just begin to thank God out of your mouth with your own words.
0: Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.